And we have officially made it to the end of your work week, and it's time to get that Alabama football fix. And what better way to do that than checking out, tuning in to In My Own Words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating each and every last one of you checking us out on this evening. Got a lot to get into, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss as we do this show all the time from Tuscaloosa, streaming this to you via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, give a thumbs up, a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, and turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, updates, and alerts on your favorite program and not just YouTube. We're also streaming this to you via Facebook. So shouts out to all my Facebook people out there as we're coming to you guys as well. Speaking of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. You can purchase individual copies of the magazine, have those sent to your door. Link will be found in the description, so make sure you guys check that out. But we start the show off by recognizing the better man in the room, even on a Friday. It's Friday. He's still the myth. He's still the legend. He's still the baddest man on the ones and twos. It's my brother, John Ivory. John, what's going on? What's going on, Steven? What's going on, everybody in chat, YouTube, Facebook? Make sure you share the show. We got a fire show tonight. You do not want them to miss it. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. We got that heat for you as Mr. Ivory has just laid that down on the microphone. And we want you being a part of the conversation. Now, you can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But number two, dial to let your voice be heard on the show. Once again, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. Got to hear from you today. Your thoughts, your opinions, your viewpoint. What is going on in your mind as we're discussing the Alabama Crimson Tide? Going to be awesome here later on in the show to sit down in studio with the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, that being one Justin Smith, as he continues to go coast to coast, city to city, town to town, state to state, recruiting, getting information, getting analysis on all of these young athletes here as a rising up the recruiting ranks. Before we drop in, or before we jump into our first update of the evening, gotta give a happy birthday shout out to one Jalen Hurts, former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts, celebrating his 22nd birthday on today. And Hurts was drafted in the second round of this year's venue to the Philadelphia Eagles. So happy birthday to one Jalen Hurts. But get into the first uh, update of today's show and um Alabama. So the, the SEC has announced the two teams that all 14 teams will pull from each side of a division, whether you're on the western side of the conference or the eastern side of the conference. So the two teams that Alabama has pulled, uh, Missouri and Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky and Missouri. And uh, I, I know, fans, I know. I know what you're thinking, Stephen, what happened to Florida? Stephen, what happened to the Gators? I thought we were playing Florida. All the reports and the signs were pointing toward Florida. I know. I know. I saw the same reports. I saw the same signs. I, myself, like you, thought Alabama was going to pull Florida, was going to play the Gators. I'm fine with Kentucky. I have never been upset with Kentucky. I, I was cool with the idea to play Kentucky, but Missouri with that? That's where I kind of get, uh, Florida would have been a much 
better fit there. But at the end of the day, Alabama pulling in Kentucky and Missouri. So what this does is while the official dates and times for these games have not been set up yet, the, the official dates and times will be uh, revealed, released at a later time, at a later uh, moment. But what we can provide you here right now, the home games for the Crimson Tide, we're looking at Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Texas A&M and Auburn, those will be the home games. The road games, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Missouri. So that's just the home matchup versus the away matchups for the Crimson Tide. But Alabama pulling Kentucky and Mizzou in terms of the two teams from the SEC East to pair with Georgia and Tennessee. But we're jumping it now. Topic number one here of the conversation, folks, on the show, and uh, there are three things that we see that lets us know as people that college football is around the corner, college football is near, college football on its way. And the three things that you know we take notice of, number one, the preseason award watch list. Of course, a lot of those, all of those that have come out at this point, and quite a few, University of Alabama student athletes on those lists and behind that of course the uh, the SEC released the preseason schedule for 2020 that includes fall camp and fall camp for the conference will start on August 17th looking forward to seeing Nick Saban of uh, the student athletes here for the Crimson Tide the entire coaching staff getting back to work so that's the number two thing that we take notice of fall camp August 17th but then the third thing those top 25 preseason rankings those top 25 <clears throat> preseason rankings. Now, I know the coaches and the players, they don't care much about that, but myself in the media, you guys as the Alabama football fans, you look into, you discuss, you have a debate, you have a conversation when you look at these preseason rankings here. And the first of many of these, or a few of these, came out on Thursday as the Amway Coaches Poll, which is powered by USA Today Sports. The Amway Coaches uh, Poll dropped its top 25 in their preseason rankings. Alabama fell at number three behind Ohio State at number two and Clemson at number one. The Crimson Tide will take on four teams in the top 25. Four teams here. Could have been five if Florida would have been scheduled, but hey, it'll take on four teams in the top 25 here. So, so uh, Georgia at number four, LSU at number five, Auburn at number 11, and Texas A&M at number 13. So 40% of Alabama's schedule still in the top 25 preseason-wise. Still a good-looking schedule. And uh, this is what Nick Saban wanted. This is exactly what Nick Saban wanted. He wanted more competition. He wanted more challenging games. He wanted more compelling matchups. He, he, he wanted... To, he wants to see how does his team stack up for real, for real, you know, with the rest of you know, the SEC. And, of course, his peers in the conference talked about this is too tough. We don't like this. This shouldn't happen. This should not be going on. Let's not do this. But Commissioner Greg Sankey and the conference sided with Nick Saban. Coach Saban wanted all the smoke. He wanted all the heat. He wanted all the cards stacked up against him. He wanted that pressure. 
And the SEC said, okay, Coach Saban, you want that pressure? We're going to give you exactly what you want. So Coach Saban got, got what he wanted, got what he asked for, got his wish. Now it's his job to navigate the schedule, to work through the schedule, and to have the, these players prepared. It's, it's kind of like going back to the great um, – the Last Dance documentary of the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls. And I remember how Jordan talked about in the documentary where when uh, Doug Johnson was to coach the Bulls, one of the things he loved about you know, Johnson was in practice, he liked to up up the ante in the practice and the scrimmages. He wanted to stack the competition against Jordan and see how would MJ respond? How would MJ up up his level of play? How would you know you know how would Jordan step his game up? And uh, you know, Jordan prided himself. He he thrived on if the deck is stacked against me, if the chips are stacked against me, if the competition is stacked against me, I'm gonna show you that I rise to the top. I thrive, I shine, I am dominant in these types of moments. And when you have you know schedules like this where Alabama's looking at with a conference only schedule, we're in a situation where the four teams that get into the college football playoff, the four best teams that get in, they earn their way in. They push their way in. There's no gimmies, there's no easy games, there's no, you know, soft matchups. Every game is gonna be a, a test factor. And you know, for Coach Saban, he feels like Alabama, we're the cream of the country. We're the cream of the nation. We feel like if we test ourselves with having four teams in the top 25, we should be able to you know, navigate this thing and get to you know, the college football playoff. And it goes back to you know a song lyric. One of my favorite bands growing up was, uh, was Daughtry. Chris Daughtry, he did not win American Idol, but Daughtry was one of my favorite bands growing up. And off their, day, off their self-titled album, you know, Daughtry, one of the songs off the album was Home. And a verse from the album was, first in the song was, um, you just might get, be careful what you wish. There you go. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it all and then some you don't want. Got to go tongue tied there. So that verse was be careful what you wish for because you just might get it all and then some you don't want. So Coach Saban, he wanted a tougher schedule. He wanted a compelling schedule. He wanted a marquee schedule. He wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to challenge this team. And he's got that challenge here playing four teams within the top 25. But there's a lot of motivation here you know, for Coach Saban and having this schedule and having this season. And just looking at Coach Saban first and foremost, the the chatter that's been going on for some people or quite a few people in national media is, you know, Saban's done. He can't do it anymore. He can't he can't win championships anymore. The young men are not vibing with him the way they once did or the way they're used to. There's so many other big time coaches in college football. You know, Dabble Sweeney's big now. Kirby Smart's big now. Uh, Ed Ogeron, he's just coming off a national championship. He's big now. Lincoln Riley's big now. There are other coaches in college football in this sport that are big now. And 
Coach Saban, he, he just doesn't have the, the motivation. He just doesn't have the, the killer instinct. He just doesn't have that knockout mentality. He just doesn't have it anymore as, you know, as a coach, as a recruiter. It's just not there anymore for Coach Saban. This is all kind of the, um, the statements coming from national media. You know, the window has closed. The opportunity has closed. The, 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 the door has locked shut. It's not going to be easy for Coach Saban. It's not going to be you know, beneficial, profitable now for Coach Saban to be able to win you know, national championships. So motivation for Coach Saban is showing everybody in the game I'm still the best guy on the block. I'm still the hardest working man out there. I am still the creme, the creme de la creme. When the name Nick Saban is spoken, it's still met with that is the guy. That is the head honcho. That is the you know, numero uno in college football. So Saban's got that motivation for himself, but not just that. You look at the assistant coaches on staff. They see what Nick Saban sees right now. They see he is gunning full-fledged toward that seventh national title to put him above you know, one Paul W. Bear Bryant. And not only do the coaching staff, does the staff see it, they want to go after it with him. After seeing what happened the last two years, coming up short in the title game to Clemson in 2018, we're getting embarrassed by Clemson in the 2019 title game off the 18th season, and then last year, the 2019 season, not competing for SEC championship, not making the college football playoff. This coaching staff, it is hungry, much like Saban is, to get back to that stage, to get back to that plateau, and truly, truly finish the job here. So this is motivation for the coaching staff. And, you know, the coaching staff that stayed together. When you look at Steve Sarkeesian, he, he got the extension, sticking around here for another, for another three years. You got the continuity on defense with, with uh, Pete Golding back here, with Sal Sanceri back, with Charles Kelly back, with Carl Scott back. You bring in a Freddie Roach, of which this will be his first time back coaching for the Crimson Tide, but he was, he was here once before with the program. He played with the program. So the overall continuity... In years past, Alabama would lose two, three, four, maybe five guys off the coaching staff at a time. This past, from, from off this past year staff, the Titan lost one coach, and that was Brian Baker. He's now in the NFL with the Indianapolis coach. So the coaching staff motivated here. We look at the players. The players are very much so motivated just due to the last two years. Once again, they saw firsthand when we do not cooperate, when we do not listen to these coaches, when we do not take what they say into serious consideration, we are not a dominant football team. We lose football games. We're not where we want to be, not what we want to be. And the fact that you had Dylan Moses, Joshua McMillan, uh, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, uh, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, all of these guys could have went pro. All of these guys could have been multi-million dollar players. All of these guys could have been instant first round picks, but they said, no, we want to be remembered for getting this team to a national championship. It's about what have you done for me lately, and lately in terms of this upcoming season, they want to get this team to a national championship, win it, and finish the job. So the players are highly motivated. I and mean, of course, the energy that David Ballou, and Matt Ray have brought in here 
as the new sports performance team, you talk to players, you talk to you know freshmen, you talk to veteran guys. They love what Baloo and Ray have brought in here as that energy, as that essence to get Bama back to the mountaintop and being respected here in college football. But you know, Alabama ranked at number three here in the preseason practice poll coming from the coming from the Amway coaches poll via USA Today. So this is awesome for you know, the Crimson Tide. They've got a lot of motivation. They've got a lot of motivation here. Really excited here to see what the Tide has in store for the upcoming season. But I want to shout out Spencer Revley here, one of our faithful listeners. Spencer Revley donating that $5 into the Super Chest at $5 here. Also, he wants to see some real good special teams. Spencer Revley wanting to see some real good special teams. I want to see that as well, Spencer, myself. But we go to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started. Upon our return, we get into your thoughts, your tweets, your questions, your phone calls, your chats, your concerns right after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back in from the break, folks, on a Friday, TGIF edition of the show. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, appreciating each and every last one of you for tuning into the show, the channel on today. But it's your time, Tot Nation, 205-448-1358. For number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 205- 448-1358. And we go to our first caller here out of Atlanta, Georgia. You're live, building in my own words. What's going on? Hey, Stephen. I'm Frederick. Doing good, man. Doing good in yourself. I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind right now? My mind is like I just saw Bama's schedule. They just added two teams, Missouri. And Kentucky, I was kind of surprised because I thought we were going to play Florida and Vanderbilt, and I thought we were going to be playing Florida, LSU, Georgia, and all the Texas a And I was like, we got Kentucky and Missouri? I was like, like that's great and kind of bad at the same time. So what you think, Stephen? Well, Frederick, you're still going to play. You're still going to play LSU and Texas A&M and Auburn and all those teams. It's just the other two teams – that people thought that Alabama would draw from the eastern part of the conference was Florida and Vanderbilt. A lot of people thought Florida and Vanderbilt would have been the two teams you draw from the east to put with Georgia and Tennessee that's already on the schedule. I mean, I I mean, I was fine with Kentucky. I had no issues with Kentucky. I would have had no issues with South Carolina, but just, you know, having you no know, Missouri on there 
really kind of threw a monkey wrench into my plan, uh, into my thought process. I really wanted to play Florida just to get back to the old school rivalry that was between you know the Tide and the Gators from the, from the nineties to the early to mid two thousands. I mean, once again, I get it. It's not the Florida with Steve Spurrier. It's not the Florida with Urban Meyer. But Dan Mullen is still a decent coach. He's still a good coach, and they've got talent on both sides of the football. And I would have loved to have went to the swamp to to, to play Florida, but. Having Kentucky and Missouri from uh, the SEC East to join the rest of the schedule at this point, it's people want football, and they were just excited to finally get us finally get a schedule at least somewhat hammered in. Okay, so like I understand, we still play Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, and Georgia, and I would like to play Florida again. I would like to play them. Last time we played them, I think, was in the SEC Championship, which we blew them out. But I would like to play Florida again just to get that experience again. I would like to play them again and get that, like you said, get that rivalry going. I would love to, man. But you know what, Frederick, we appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. All right, man. We roll on the Wagner now on the Friday. Wagner, what's going on, man? How you feeling? It's Friday. We're on TDA. No better place to be than TDA. Hey, we're going up to Kentucky. We're going out to Mizzou. We're going to play Florida in the SEC championship game. Georgia's not going. I done made a prediction. We're going to play Florida. You're going to get Florida in the SEC championship game. So it's all going to pan out, Stephen. It's all going to be, it's just going to be as smooth as that asphalt, as I say, that's been laid down in the past. Hey, Love the confidence you're bringing with this, Wayland. You are going out saying Alabama will play Florida in this SEC championship game. And you know, going back to the schedule here, you got Kentucky at home at Bryant-Denny. You go on the road to play Missouri. So it's not the fact that I'm overly upset because I'm not. It's just that with the reports that initially came out about what's going to be Bama-Florida and Bama-Vanderbilt, I had gotten to where I had grown to be okay with that. I had grown to be okay with Florida, well, very much okay with Florida, but I had grown to even be okay you know, with Vanderbilt. So to switch it up to Kentucky, Missouri, and though Kentucky's not a bad team, I have great respect for Mark Stoops and what he has done at that program. Kentucky's not a bad team. It's just to have Kentucky and Missouri together, that's kind of a – that's kind of a – that's kind of a difficult thing to get really, really excited for. But at the same time, Wayland, like, like, like you guys have mentioned, it's football. We wanted football. We've, we've been excited about football. So let's just get these dates hammered in, these times hammered in, and roll with it. Hey, I, I thought we might go up to Kentucky. That's all right. We'll just beat them in Tuscaloosa and then go out to Missouri and do that. But hello to everybody in the chat. I appreciate all the love. We had a few technical difficulties there on Wednesday, but that's the way the ball bounces. It's Friday. We're going to get out of here. A lot of people in the queue, a hot show. We're going to end it like this tonight, Stephen. Everybody have a safe weekend. It's the end of the week, and it's time for TDA. Everyone in the chat shout, hey, hey, hey. Technical difficulties on Wednesday took the podcast away, but no one on the Internet can stop TDA. Alabama has a massive recruiting haul. They have taken all the 2021 guys who love college football. To all the college teams who are crying, the only thing you can do is just keep on trying. Always remember the super chat. 
Spencer and Jay Lee dropped two C-notes in the hat. Everyone stay safe and don't let the COVID in. Just always remember to keep Stephen, John, and Justin tuned in. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll see everybody on Monday. Bye-bye, Stephen. Appreciate that, Wang, and another All-American poem coming from the best man in the business there, our, our guy Wang, is always calling in. We continue the phone lines here on a Friday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's on your mind? What's up? I'm doing good, man. What's going on with you? How's it going, Stephen M.? It's going good, man. I mean, saw the uh, the SEC, you know, decide the two teams that Bama would play would pull from the East to join Georgia and Tennessee. You got Kentucky and Missouri. I'm okay because you're getting football, but at the same time, there's a big part of me that's like, mm, show one at Florida. Yeah, hear you. Um, just not really doing it for me, you know. I I got the report and. I don't know, man. I'm just not too excited about that one. I, I don't know. I just I, I was listening to you earlier, but I don't know, man. I'm just I'm a little disappointed. I'm I'm, I'm kind of just happy that things are moving forward, but I don't know, man. Like Missouri and in Kentucky, I just I, I just not really doing it for me, you know. I would not. I'm saying I would not mind flipping Missouri for Florida, Missouri for South Carolina. I can deal with Kentucky. Kentucky, I can deal with. It's just Missouri. Is there? I, I, I would not mind trading out Missouri for South Carolina, trading out Missouri for, for Florida, trading out Missouri for somebody else. I mean, when Missouri had Gary Pinkle and Drew Lockett, quarterback, I mean, Missouri's had some good years, but the last couple of years it's been like a struggle for that program and uh, – just, just the thought of being able to play Florida again and getting back to you know what you once had in that rivalry. I know Bama fans would, would have loved to have seen that matchup, Bama and Florida. But, hey, if you meet up with Florida in the SEC championship game, it goes back to what Wagon mentioned. It could all play out that way. But, man, my heart was so set on playing those Gators. Yeah, me too, bro. Yeah, I'm just – I don't know. Every time I think about it, I just don't really have much to really say. I mean, I, like I was in, I was listening to what Waylon was saying right before I, I got chimed in, but I just, I don't know, man. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just wanted to kind of, kind of vent and just kind of express what I had to think about it. But uh, maybe next time I call in, I have more thoughts on it. But uh, I don't know. I just gonna I'll get on out of here. But you know, thanks for taking my call, and uh, I don't know. Just roll tight anyway, right? Hey, appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. Keep listening to us. Got another call here in the queue on a Friday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's on your mind today? Well, just a couple things. Like the whole flip-flop with the Florida and Dandy, you're taking Missouri and gaining, what, Missouri and Kentucky. Well, up Kentucky. I, yeah. I think those two teams are probably better statistically and better than probably Vanderbilt. So I think you gain like a, probably a little bit more than, I mean, you're going to miss out on Florida, but you're going to see Florida in the SEC championship game. You're going to beat Georgia. You're going to beat Tennessee and then roll through the West. I mean, you're going to see Florida later on down the line anyway. So that kind of, to me, is a better deal than just playing Vanderbilt per se. What do you think about that? I can see that. I know Vandy has not been uh, – 
I know when Bandy had James Franklin back in a few years or some, some years back, it was different because because James Franklin was winning, you know, nine games a year. It's been difficult on Derek Mason. And it, 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 is not, it hasn't been all Derek Mason's fault, but at the same time, you want to see Vandy kind of come up and uh, – you know, offer that team that can uh, that can be a challenge. So I, I give you that in a sense of Missouri would add a much more, I guess, competitive appeal. It's just to me when uh, I saw Florida come up and a lot of the reports, my heart got really happy because I was really looking forward to to playing you know those Gators, especially with the talent they have on both sides of the ball. But we'll see. I mean, th- the beauty of college football, you never know how things unfold. I totally agree with that. I think with the going to a conference-only schedule is the reason they took Florida off is because you don't want to ruin it. I mean, if you if Alabama were to play Georgia and Florida and beat them both in the regular season, you would have no hype build up for the SEC championship game because I don't see any That's other a good point. team That's coming a good point. out. You know what I mean? So you really can't – you're going to flutter that by going and playing those two teams – in the regular season, there would be no buildup to the SEC championship game to go on potentially to the college football playoff. You know, so what? I could understand yeah. that point of view. Good point, right there, man. Good point, right there. That, that that's something definitely for me to rotate around the the, the brainstem there. But man, we appreciate the call. We appreciate your passion on tied football, man. Keep listening to us. Hey, we'll do. I probably will call back in because I got one more thing I would love to talk about. <laughs> Hey, hey, you, you, you can call back in the second call segment, the second half. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciating the calls here coming in on a Friday. We continue with the call segment. You are live on In My Own Words. It's Friday. What's going on? What's up, Steven? It's your man, Ken from Birmingham. What's going on, man? What's going hey, man, on, Ken? So them gators took their tail and ran again. I mean, I, I don't know. Look, I don't know if they took their tail and ran, or if the SEC was just trying to save them. I don't know what the case was, whether they took their tail and ran, or whether Commissioner Sankey was just trying to save them. It's either one of the two. But you know, Bama gets Kentucky and Missouri, and uh, we have to roll with those punches, man. How how do you think that the SEC came up with these schedules? Like, was it? Picking a straw or something like? How do you think they came up with this? I I, I don't I don't think they were picking up straws or pulling lots or nothing like that. I hope they weren't out there gambling, you know, pulling straws or what have you. But I feel like I I, I really feel like Commissioner Sankey went to Sankey and his staff went to all fourteen athletic directors and the presidents, and they kind of sat down and put together something amongst themselves. I'm pretty sure there was probably a lot of conversation in those rooms about which one would be interested in playing Alabama, and there was probably maybe a steel silence among a lot of those ADs when that question came up in the room. So I, I don't think they were pulling straws. I don't think they were pulling straws, but I do feel like all the ADs, the presidents, the powers that be uh, in each program sat with Commissioner Sankey, and they uh, – found a way to put this together. Now, once again, I don't know if Sankey saved Florida. I don't know if Dan Mullen thought, do we really want to play Alabama and just turn this tail, turn his head around and walk the opposite direction? But Florida is not on this regular season schedule. And for a lot of Bama fans out there, they wonder, um, 
Why did that fall to the crack? <laughs> I don't know. It's thank and save Florida, but I know he saved my cousin from getting his money took. Roll Tide. You have a great day, Steven. Appreciate the call, man. As always, you guys lighten us up here in the call segment. We got some shouts out. We got some shout outs to make here. We gotta be we gotta be shouting out Jay Lee, who dropped in, donated in a cool twenty dollars via the super chats. Appreciate that, Jay Lee. Another shout out we got going here is to Waylon, the president of the TDA YouTube chat. Waylon dropping in that four ninety nine via the super chats there, and Kellen Parker donating nine ninety nine. In these super chats, we appreciate Jay Lee, Waylon, and Kellen Parker showing the support here for Touchdown Alabama Magazine here on YouTube. We want to continue to encourage you to continue to call in, line up the phone lines, line up the YouTube chat line with your thoughts, questions, concerns. But we, we take a, we take a next we take another break here on the show. But upon our return, we sit down with the man, the legend, the boots on the ground in terms of recruiting, Justin Smith of TDA to talk this 2021 class and much more right after this. want delicious homestyle cooking sushi and hibachi check out otoro hibachi in the university mall in tuscaloosa alabama at home and you can't get away from the tv because the crimson tide is about to score don't worry delivery is also available through waiter and crimson to go that's otoro hibachi in the university mall in tuscaloosa alabama and make sure you let them know the good folks at touchdown alabama sent you Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, Todd Nation, we are back in from the break on the hottest show on the streets Friday, TGIF edition of the show, In My Own Words. Now, when we have this particular young man in studio, I become the floating spirit as he is really the straw that stirs the drink. And I'm talking about none other than Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA in the building, in studio. Justin, how you feeling, man? Feeling pretty good, Stephen. Awesome to have you here, man. You have worked on that tan, brother. You have worked on that tan looking good over here. So, Justin, first and foremost, you've been out and about this entire week. On today, you were out at Pinson Valley High School checking out five-star defensive back Jaquincy McKinstry, who had dropped his top three. Top three being Alabama, Auburn, LSU, trying to figure out where he's going to go, what's his move. But along with McKinstry, you also went to American Christian Academy here in Tuscaloosa to see four-star defensive back Kamari Lassiter. Talk about both visits. What vibe did you get from both guys? Uh, I saw the highlights, saw the couple of the, of the practice tape of, uh, of McKinstry. What did you see from both guys today? Well, I saw a lot from both guys and a lot from both of their teams. These kids are excited to get back out there to play football. I know a lot of fans are excited to see it. These guys and these young young high school athletes are also excited to get back to football. But as far as your Quincy McKinstry is concerned, aka Kool-Aid, as most Alabama fans know him as, but 
as far as his recruitment is concerned, he does have that top three. There are some rumors out there that Auburn is now the leader. In my mind, I think everyone is on a level playing field in his recruitment. I don't think he has made a decision yet. He said all three teams are pushing for him hard. And I think if he knew which school was the favorite, I think he'll go ahead and make a decision. He wants to make a decision whenever the moment feels right. So in my opinion, I think everyone is on a level playing field. Of course, of course, you have to look at each team and see what each team has to offer. You look at Auburn. It is a team that has been constantly in contact with them. His old high school teammate, Bo Nix, who he won multiple state championships with, plays for Auburn. LSU, I know, I know a lot of Tide fans don't like to hear this or do not want to hear this. A lot of young guys see LSU as DBU because they were the first one to say it. And as, as a young guy myself who's close to these kids age in a lot of ways, we grew up, LSU was kind of DBU. Although Alabama has a right to that name and Ohio State does too as well. But sometimes perception is reality to into a lot of kids. So LSU is DBU to a lot of these kids um, growing up. But like I said, Alabama Ohio State do have a stake in that um, argument as well. And Moving forward with Kamari Lasseter, I think he's very close to making a decision. I don't think it's going to be the tide at this very moment with so many other teams pushing for him. I think some other schools have an edge over Alabama in the push for Lasseter, but he is. they are still in contact with them. I will drop a story on touchdownalabama.com tomorrow sometime stating where the tide is in this recruitment, heading into a decision that may come before the end of this month is out. So it's just exciting getting a chance to catch up with both of those guys. Well, it looks like for both Kamari Lasseter and uh, Jaquincy McKinstry, we will all be on pins and needles to see what their what their moves will be. Both guys highly talented. I remember you had mentioned once before, Justin, that uh, McKinstry, the p- most purest athlete that you have seen in quite some time to come from this state. But going now into the tight end conversation, because that's another position that you know Alabama fans are wondering: when can we see the next O.J. Howard in here? When can we see the next uh, Irv Smith? Jr. in here. When can we get that next athletic or really explosive tight end? There are some guys out there on the recruiting trail that Alabama is looking at. They're keeping their eyes on. What's the latest right now at that tight end position? Well, they have several um, a couple of tight ends at the moment. I know that Michael Trigg was the receiving tight end that they wanted. They offered him in basketball recently, but he dropped the top three and he did not include Todd. I was wondering if the Todd was going to make an updated top school list that he um, updated, but they did not. So I don't think the Tide is in a great position with them heading into a possible decision down the line for him. They were not included in his top three. I think that uh, I think a couple of other guys to pay attention to is Robbie Oots, of course, the three-star tight end out of South Carolina. He is a guy to definitely pay attention to. He does have the tie in his top three along with Virginia Tech and Alabama. Another guy at the moment is Jalen Sheed, a um, three-star tight end out of Mississippi. Kind of a more athletic tight end than Robbie Oots in terms of route running, but Robbie Oots is a very aggressive tight end. He really has has a level of aggressiveness that you cannot teach. You could tell that it is just something naturally within him. So those are the two guys I'll pay attention to. There are a couple of other guys to pay attention to who are not committed, who are committed to other schools, and I think those guys may may tie fans may want to pay attention to them as well. But as far as uncommitted prospects, Robbie Oots and Jalen Sheed, the Mississippi product. 
Folks, if you're just tuning into the show, we got the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, Justin Smith, live right here in studio talking 2021 recruiting and beyond. So, Justin, now this guy right here came in the 2020 class, that being Brian Branch, out of Sandy Creek High School in Georgia. There's been a lot of buzz so far, quite a few buzz in the preseason practice program about him stepping his game up, about him really starting to kind of show out in the seven on seven, 11 on 11 type deals. Uh, now, I was told, of course, I've been told that Nick Saban wants to kind of see the veteran step up and knock the secondary down. But if there was a freshman, if there was a young player that can infiltrate this, this group of veterans and really wow some folks and get some starting time in that nickel slot corner package, it would be Brian Branch. You got a chance to, to, to study him, to get a lot of information on him and about him. What makes Branch a special highlight type of player? Well, I think, I think what you just said makes him special. He's a natural highlight type of player. This is a kid who just has a natural instinct to make big plays as he constantly made one-handed catches throughout his high school career. And I remember remember talking to him about that. I was like, yo, um, what goes into you catching those one-handed catches? And he says, and he told me that it was a lot of practice. So this is something that just doesn't um, really come natural. Although he has natural athleticism, he's a natural playmaker. So basically he's, he's like, he, basically he's like OBJ, Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr., but on defense. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he is practicing on making those one-handed catches and those big plays and he also has experience playing on both sides of the football also has experience playing in the special teams game being a kick returner and a punt returner so I think this is a playmaker one of the biggest playmakers that the tide pulled in in the 2020 recruiting cycle I know he looks up to Minka Fitzpatrick but as far as his game and the way his game is um, put together he more he more he really reminds me more of Eddie Jackson because of his ability to go after the football and turn those interceptions into pick sixes and turn kick returns and punt returns into touchdowns so I think he's a really explosive playmaker in the secondary and I'm not surprised to see him making an early impact another guy that you're quite high on on the 2021 recruiting trail is four-star defensive back Terion Arnold of Tallahassee Florida now this is another guy that is looking at getting a basketball offer as well wants to play football and basketball for the Crimson Tide you got a chance to visit him uh, be around him vibe with him some also what have you been hearing getting uh, the information in terms of Terion Arnold how has he stood out to you well, Terrion Arnold is a very special talent. This is a kid who works relentlessly. That's, that is probably one of the biggest things that I've seen from him, his work ethic. He has a strict workout schedule that goes throughout the day, starting early, incorporating both football. How early are we talking? I'm talking like seven, seven, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the okay, morning. Okay, that, that, that's yeah, early. Yeah, and it, and it goes into the late afternoon because he's incorporating football, basketball, along with some weight training, some DB drills, incorporating a little bit of everything, trying to get ready for the next level. I think the Tide is still in a good position with them. Of course, he stays in contact with multiple members of their staff. Nick Saban constantly states that he really likes um, Terry on Arnold, stating that you have my full support if you want to play both sports at the next level. With Saban even going forward to say, yo, after practice, I may put up a couple shots and um, play one-on-one against you to help you prepare for the basketball season. So he know he has the Tide's coaching staff full support to play both sports. So I think that is something that is um, very unique about the Tide's recruiting efforts for him and some of the other guys that they offer both in football and basketball so I think
think the Tide is definitely in a great position moving forward. I don't think a decision is coming anytime soon for him. He's going to evaluate all of his options some more. A decision may be months away for this impressive 2021 defensive back prospect. Several teams are in the mix, including the Tide. I'll pay attention to Georgia, Florida State, with them being the home state school. He literally stays right around the corner from Florida State University, so he literally can play home. That is a team to pay attention to. Florida, as well, gives him an opportunity to play at home. But the sleeper is Ohio State. You do not hear too much about Ohio State and his recruitment, but they are definitely the sleeper. He told me they are, they, 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 that they are really coming on for him at the moment. And as I said earlier, Ohio State has just as much right to that DBU claim as Alabama and LSU in a lot of ways. Getting, getting really tough here in this 2021 recruiting cycle, but also just as, as you look at going back to the defensive line, and you and I talked about this before coming on here, one Tim Keenan, the four-star defensive tackle out of Birmingham, he's about to drop another list in his own credit. So talk about Tim Keenan, what's the latest, what's the update as Alabama trying to get as many defensive linemen as they have on, on the offensive line? Well, he's about to drop top five soon. He dropped the top five a top 10 recently he's about to cut it to a top five I think the tie will most definitely be included along with a couple of SEC teams and a couple of teams outside the SEC as well I still feel the tide is in a um, great position with them if they were to if he were to commit soon I'm going to get some more information about his about what his future will be as far as his recruitment is concerned and in the past he has always said that he wants to wait all the way to national signing day which why do they want to give us a heart attack, man? Which a lot, which a lot of fans um do not like that um waiting in anticipation. But I think the Todd um really wants to add this impressive defensive tackle. I really like his game. A guy who's a bit on the bigger side in terms of um I know you see a lot of leaner defensive tackles now. He's a bit on the um the thicker side as far as his body frame. But he's um very impressive for a guy his size. Not afraid to use his hands and not really just use that size to bowl over people. He know he has a wide range of hand moves in his repertoire, so I'm really impressed with the Ramsey product, and I think the tie will be in his top five involved, and involved in his recruitment moving forward. He's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Coming on here, dropping the wisdom, the knowledge, the insight on the 2021 recruiting cycle and beyond. Justin, as always, it's great to have you in here. It's great to break down recruiting with you. We know you got to get on that road because you're continuing to go coast to coast to scout out these athletes. But, folks, we take another break here on the show. Upon our return, though, we dive back to the phone lines. We pick up your phone calls, your questions, your tweets, your chats, your concerns. What are you feeling right now for Bama football? We'll talk about it after this. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. 
Hey, Steven, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, my first question is, have you heard of any rumors or any, with, without mentioning names, have you, have you heard of any rumors of any Alabama players wanting to opt out or have any, have any particular reason Okay, that's good. That's good. And I just and if if they did, I would completely understand. I just I, I just wanted to make sure. I I thought I might have heard some things, but of course you never know. But I just wanted to be sure. But my second question is, as far as high school football goes, are you familiar with the Hewitt Trustful football team? I am. What is your expectation from them? They got a lot of good players. Um, as far as that's football, what do you expect from them this year? It's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I know they got Armani Goodwin, the uh, the big-time running back. Uh, they've got players. They've got pieces. That, I mean, the head coach, Josh Floyd, is an absolute gamer calling the plays offensively. So as long as Coach Floyd is there, they're going to have a big year. They're going to have a strong season. It's just we're going to have to see because in that division, there are a lot of good teams in that division. Alabama's new release of the schedule. I think they, I think Alabama got a good deal out of it. I mean, they're getting Missouri and Kentucky. That's about as good as you can get. I mean, you look at some of the teams like Arkansas or Tennessee or Vanderbilt that got kind of a raw deal. Alabama got as best as you can get. And really, if everything goes like if we have a season, if and if and if the season continues to progress, however, and it depends on where the games fall, like how they rearrange the schedule. Alabama realistically could go ten and zero in the schedule. Now they don't have to go ten and zero to to make it to the college football playoff, but. The chances of them doing that with this new schedule may got got easier with this uh, new schedule being released. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be fun, but hey, we appreciate the call, man. You keep listening to us. Definitely, I will. Good, good talk to you, Stephen. Absolutely. We're going to go to, we're going to continue with the topic here. Check out this video of, of, of uh, Atlanta Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley. He's trying to prove this year that he is more than capable of being a 1,000-yard receiver. This is former Crimson Tide wide receiver Calvin Ridley with the uh, Atlanta Falcons speaking to Vaughn McClure of ESPN. I always had confidence. I just think... Uh... Football has really just slowed down for me a real lot in the NFL. Uh, I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I'm real hungry to just show people that, you know, I'm easily a thousand yard receiver, easily and uh, even better. That's I think that's what it is for me. I'm, I'm always confident in myself yeah. and I'm just really hungry and, and wanna help the team win as much as we, I can. 
That's Calvin Ridley, former Alabama wide receiver, now with the Atlanta Falcons, wanting to show everybody that he can be and will be a 1,000-yard guy. Also, uh, Talia Tangabangoa, former Alabama quarterback, is now with the Maryland Terrapins, and he has been granted eligibility to play immediately. So kudos to Talia. He will play immediately for the Maryland Terps, and should he be the starter, going to be fun seeing you know Talia working with Michael Loxley. So good news there for Leah as he has been granted that immediate eligibility to play for the University of Maryland. But again, now, you know, Jalen Waddle, Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle and um, NFL.com analyst, NFL draft analyst and expert, former NFL scout Daniel Jeremiah is continuing his breakdowns, his evaluations for the 2021 draft prospects. And uh, when you look at one Jalen Waddle as he wrote down some notes, took some information on him. But three, the positives that Jeremiah took down on Waddle, you know, the rare explosion, the rare explosiveness, which is a key thing, the change of direction, quickness, um, his instincts. The key thing Jeremiah said, Waddle is the best run after catch prospect he's ever evaluated. Best run after catch prospect he's ever evaluated, Jeremiah on Jalen Waddle. Also, a great deep threat option, big time playmaker on special teams. So, all of these were the positives that Daniel Jeremiah listed on Waddle, of whom had 1,227 all purpose yards and eight scores a season ago. Now, there were two things that he listed that he wants to see Waddle improve in, and that's becoming more polished as a route runner and also using his hands more, contorting his hands to catch every pass, every angle of passes from quarterbacks, whether the ball is thrown accurately, whether the ball is thrown poorly, regardless of the situation just having those hands to snatch every pass that comes his way. And the thing about it is, so for players that come in as freshmen, their main thing is just making a name for themselves, right? Their main thing is, you know, building up their star and, and getting the uh, coaching staff and getting the, the their teammates and getting the fans. Your freshman year, it's about going out there, having fun, building up your name, and earning that trust, right? And then your sophomore year, you start to build on to your freshman year, add more things to your game, add more skills to your uh, your repertoire. Then by your junior year, here comes the questions of, okay, what do NFL scouts want from me? What do I need to improve on? What do I need to get better at? What are they seeing that they like about me? What are they seeing that, hey, young man, you're good, but if you improve in this area, then we can see you as a first round, top five, you know, top 10 pick. So, and then with Alabama having Jerry Judy a season ago, and he was looked at as the most complete route runner. The way he was able to drop his weight, distribute that weight, get in and out of the breaks, get in and out of his cuts, really set up defensive backs with good route concepts. Having a guy like Jerry Judy there last year, having a guy like Henry Ruggs as well. You know, Jalen Waddle did not really get a whole bunch of just pure opportunities from the receiver aspect. So now with 
Judy in the NFL, with Ruggs in the league also, and with more defenders being keen on, we can't allow Devontae Smith to kill us for another year. Waddle is going to have those chances to be more consistent as that polished route runner, to be more consistent as that guy that can catch every pass with his hands and not allow balls to come into his body. He, he's got quickness. He's got tremendous quickness. He's got tremendous burst off the line of scrimmage. Just a couple of things things here and he needs to add to his game and I believe he will get those things in order but the key thing that I liked about Daniel Jeremiah's evaluation of Waddle his NFL comp for the young man out of Houston Texas is Santana Moss Santana Moss was Jeremiah's NFL comp for Jalen Waddle and, and I like this because you know, both of these two guys, same body type. Waddle, 5'10", a buck 82. Santana Moss, 5'10", you know, 193 pounds. And people forget, you know, Moss was a dog on those Miami Hurricane teams. Moss came in, I believe he played from 1997 to 2001. He, to, to 2000, excuse me. He came as a walk-on. He came as a walk-on to Miami, had to earn that scholarship, played wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner. Moss was an absolute animal. And um, he carved out a 14-year career in the league from 2001 to 2014. It was drafted in the first round of the 01 venue to those New York Jets. He played for the Jets and the Washington football team and was a – 10,000-plus yard receiver for his career, you know, 66 touchdown receptions, and uh, played a long time. Nowadays, the average pro career is between five to eight years. You rarely see guys playing 10 and 15 and 20 years in the league anymore. So to see, you know, Jeremiah take that comparison and go, you know, Jalen Waddle, people may look at him as being – a Marquise Hollywood Brown or a KJ Hamler or a Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. But when I see Jalen Waddle, I see uh, an NFL great in Santana Moss. That's big time. And when I look at Waddle, there's a lot of similarities between him and Moss. There's a lot of things that they have in common. But you know, with Waddle, he's got the opportunity, like I mentioned, to become even more polished as a route runner, but not just that, have those hands as complete, you know, missiles and catching everything thrown his way from from all different arm angles and positioning himself as one of those guys that will be among the top guys selected here, you know, in the draft, whether it's top five, whether it's top ten. So while, you know, you have to grow step by step as a collegiate player. You know, Waddle was freshman year trying to make the name for himself. His sophomore year, he did some things to build on to what he did as a freshman. Even more dynamic in the special teams aspect. And though he probably wasn't targeted his sophomore year at receiver like he was his freshman year as those catches dropped from 48 to 33, he still had 560 receiving yards. He still had six touchdowns. He still found ways to be involved. He still found ways to be explosive. He still found ways to be successful within the offense. And here is a guy that if I'm Coach Saban, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, you got to, by all means necessary, get the ball into this young man's hands 15 to 20 times a game. He, he's got to touch the football because when he's in space, he's dynamic. When he's in space, he creates the most difficult angles for 
for opposing players to tackle him. When he's in space, he creates so much electricity out there in the open field. When he's in space, you can't go to the bathroom. Because if you take that pee break or if you try to go to that run to get your beer, you're going to miss this guy in space just dominating the opposition going from point A to point B you know, up and down the field of Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, Daniel Jeremiah, that comparison for Jalen Waddle won Santana Moss, uh, formerly of the NFL, played 14 years. I feel like Waddle will carve out that same type of career, but he could potentially be even better than what Moss was, seeing how this year Waddle's going to get more opportunities to be consistent in his route running and be consistent in catching every pass with his hands thrown in his direction. But you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here, folks, on the Crimson Tide. It's very simple and easy to access this. You get it from the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download it uh, from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. The Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we have you prepared on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, and iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Monday Day, continuing the conversation that is tied football. As always, Bama Nation, you can subscribe. Become a subscriber to Touchdown Alabama Magazine by going to touchdownalabama.com. Click join. Be a part of our community, our family, as we're giving you the best in tied football information. Just $5.95 a month. You get the best. You get the latest of information, the uh, annual print magazine, the most exceptional recruiting news from our own Justin Smith. So once again, go to touchdownalabama.com, click join, become a part of the, our family and our community. You can pick up individual copies, purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. Link will be found in the description. But until next time, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. Do those things legitimately now to not be bored. Be sure to get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, this is In My Own Words. 